As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a chilly Tuesday morning here in Columbus. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. And we have a very special guest, I should say. Liam Foodie is joining us today. He was the 18th overall selection of the Blue Jackets in the 2018 draft. He's played four seasons with London of the Ontario Hockey League. Look at these numbers this year, 28, 40, 68 in 45 games. Allison hates this stat, but it's a great one for you. Plus 41 this year in 45 games. Uh, Foodie made his NHL debut on February 10th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, three nights later, played in Buffalo, recorded his first NHL point, assisting on Boone Jenner's second period goal. Welcome, Liam Foodie, to Front Nationwide. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is a strange time for everybody. Tell us about your situation. Where are you uh, physically right now? And where are you in terms of staying in shape and, and, and sort of keeping an eye still toward maybe playing this game? Because Liam, if the Blue Jackets and the NHL get back to going again, you could very well be a player. Yeah. Um, right now I'm at home in Scarborough with my family. Um, my brother's home as well. We're just, uh, posted up here for this, uh, tough time um right now uh i'm just following a workout plan that the the black the jackets gave me and uh so my brother and i've been working out every day um monday through friday and uh, that's basically it right now and after that we just kind of sit inside and not leaving the house so it's kind of tough right now yeah so you guys i mean you stay in shape obviously but you can't really start training to play again until you have a date in mind is that fair to say yeah, that's pretty fair to say. And as well, like I haven't been on the ice and ever, whenever since the season got canceled, this is probably the longest I've been on the ice since I probably started playing hockey. Um, something that most guys aren't used to, so it's going to be going to be tough getting back at it. Yeah. Uh, so what a what a year for you. Take us back, if you could, to February 9th. Um, when you or maybe it was February eighth when you first started getting rumblings of the Blue Jackets. Uh, being interested in in considering calling you up, and 
you know, it's, it, I think it's an interesting situation because guys who are playing in the American Hockey League are always sort of thinking, looking at the NHL situation to see what's going on there. And injuries resonate to them because an injury at the NHL level means a chance in the AHL uh, for guys to come up. What is it like for was what was it like for you? Are are you paying attention to the Blue Jackets injuries and thinking, well, maybe there's a chance for me? Did that did the steps that that took place on February 9th, you getting recalled to Columbus, did that just broadside you as a total as a total surprise? Uh yeah, I think it came to me as a surprise, but I followed the Jackets a lot throughout the season, and I knew they were going through some tough times of injury, uh, injuries, but didn't really ever think to get called up because the AHL is there, obviously, and it's a pretty rare thing for a junior player to get called up. It yeah. doesn't ha- hasn't happened too many times in history, so something I wasn't really expecting, but uh, I was really excited when I got that call telling me that I was going to go up and play, and something I'll never forget. Yeah. So did Chris Clark call you? Did Yarmo call you? Did the Hunters pull you aside? How exactly was the message d- delivered to you? Paint the scene for us, if you could. Uh, I was in. I was actually in bed, and I was about to take a nap. And for some reason, I just didn't fall asleep. And uh, on a Sunday, and then Mark Hunter's phone, Mark Hunter's name popped up on my phone, and I was, <laughs> I was uh, didn't know what he was calling about. And then uh, told me just he told me he got off the phone with Columbus uh, like five minutes ago, and that I was going to go play uh, against Tampa the next night. So then my heart started racing. I was I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I, was call, I was all panicking, and and then uh, Yarmo called me right after and. Told me to be ready to go when I get come up and play. It's gonna be a lot of fun and enjoy it. And then uh, Chris Clark called me, uh, telling me that my travel arrangements. So I lived. I went, packed a little bag, didn't know what to put in my bag. <laughs> just went straight to the airport. Um, I had a flight like two hours after the phone call, and straight to uh, right to Columbus. Um, and that that was it. It was uh, it was pretty nerve wracking. Now, did the hunters? I mean, they had to approve this. You had to be up for it. They had to be up for it too. Was there any discussion with them about about you know not letting you go? Because you know it, it's in the, at the NHL level, you're like you go get the guy you need. But the London Knights have games to win. They've got competition too. Not that you missed any games with them, but was there any other dis- any discussion at all about? You, you, yes, should go, or maybe you shouldn't go, or was it just purely the opportunity for you to go play in the NHL, and the Hunters know that well, as, as well as anybody? Uh, yeah, there was never a discussion. Um, they know, like, they develop players, so like, we can all, they want their whole team to eventually play in the NHL one day, so me getting that early opportunity in the middle of the season, um, they weren't going to deny that for me, and they are super excited for me to get that opportunity, so um, they didn't even think about it twice, and they let me go right away. Awesome. Uh, Liam, speaking of London Knights that have made it to the NHL, Rick Nash had come up to see you the weekend before you got called up. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) What is it it like when Rick Nash comes back to London and is around that team? I mean, what's the buzz like for that? Because he's a legend. Yeah. uh, He's in the room and the whole staff's always super excited to see him. And all the players are like, oh, Rick Nash is here. And everyone gets pretty excited. And I don't know what it's like for him trying to get through the stadium if, uh, <laughs> to the rank of guys. people notice him but i'm sure a lot of fans older fans recognize him even younger fans do um yeah he's, he's a legend here and does a lot of great things and uh so it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool when he comes down to watch play 
And we know, like, we've talked to some of the development coaches about, you know, when they go to visit a guy like you when you're at your junior club. From your experience, like, what is it like? Do you have time to talk with Rick when he comes to check in on you? Or do you talk to him later? Like, what's the experience when you know someone from the Blue Jackets organization is there to to see you play? Uh, Usually, like, uh, um, Gregory Campbell comes to, like, almost all the games. Gotcha. I'm I'm most used with him. So like the game will happen, I'll get undressed quick, and I'll go out in the hallway and I'll go meet with him and talk talk for like five ten minutes about the game and what's going on with everything. And with uh, Rick Nash, I was in the locker room on the bike and he was walking by, and uh, we just had a little five ten five ten minute conversation about how uh, he's excited about what he's seen out there, how I was playing, how the organization's really happy with me right now, and just to keep playing my way. And, I didn't know if that had anything to do with me getting called up after, <laughs> but uh, it was a uh, it was nice for him to say all that positive, uh, give me positive feedback like that. <laughs> That's awesome. And it, we talk about Rick Nash coming back to that building. What was it like for you to go back to your team after you've played in the NHL? Like, what was the reaction like from the guys? Oh, uh, everyone was super excited for me. Uh, all the guys were asking me a bunch of questions and. We 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 played the very next night after we played Tampa. We played the next night. It was a Tuesday night against uh, Guelph, so it was a bit of a difference for me. Tampa Bay <laughs> Lightning to the Guelph Storm. Which, um, it was a bit of a change of pace, but I think we ended up actually losing that game, and we lost. Uh, but uh, yeah, everyone was super excited for me. All the guys uh, asked me a bunch of questions, and uh, it was uh, it was a pretty cool experience. How crazy, like, because that was two NHL games, and as you said, you were still playing with the Knights. How cr- when, when did you get a chance to be able to look back and think about how crazy that kind of one-week span was, playing for two teams, playing in the NHL? Like, how long did it take you to process all that and how that went down? I'd say probably like a couple weeks after, because that week was pretty hectic. Uh, we played. I played Monday against Tampa, and then Tuesday against Guelph, and then Wednesday I took a car shuttle down to Buffalo, <laughs> and then played the next night against Buffalo. And then Friday I played at home. I we had a game at home with London. Saturday I played. Then we had a road trip. Went up to Kingston, played against Kingston Saturday, and then we had a battle for first place against Ottawa. They're the top team in the East, so that was our probably going to be our biggest game of the year on the Sunday. And or on Mon- that game was on Monday, and uh, we ended up winning that game. So then. I just played, uh, what was that, like five games in uh, a week span there. So <laughs> I was I was pretty gassed. And, and then throughout that week, it all it kind of like throughout the next couple of weeks kind of just sunk in like like what just happened and how special that uh, that whole opportunity was. Was there like a, a, a congratulations or a text or a message that stands out to you of someone you heard from after those NHL games? Um, I just think about how a bunch, oh, a couple of the guys in the team like, reached out to me about how uh, the way I played, and they said, "Keep going." Or really, that was uh, impressive what you did when you got called up, and congratulations on everything, and just go go finish off a good season in London, and hopefully we get to play a few again sometime. That's awesome. If you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored. Why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving, thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. While you're probably looking for new things to do at home, why not make manscaping part of your routine? 
Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. Liam, what did you learn in your first NHL game? Is that such a blur that that uh, you're just kind of hanging on, or did did you take? I mean, that's one of the fastest teams in the league. Did you step away from that game with sort of a, a better understanding of what living in the NHL is like? Uh, yeah, kind of. The the biggest thing that stuck out to me in that game was uh, just how smart everyone was in the game. Mm-hmm. Everyone's uh, two steps ahead of the play and. The speed's obviously a bit of a bit of an increase, and uh, but the biggest thing was to me was just how smart everyone was. Everyone, mm. so everyone's in the right spot at the right time, and it kind of almost makes it easier to play in a sense because your teammates just know exactly what to do at the right time and stuff, and everyone's just in the right place at the right time. And and obviously the guys are just a lot bigger and stronger compared to junior because in junior you're playing there's some 16 year old kids in the league and there's a lot of younger guys, and this one you're paying you're playing against. Uh, adults, right? So it's a, yeah. definitely a big difference. Uh, you stepped, that was a buzzsaw too. You stepped right into a buzzsaw game because the Lightning, as you probably recall, many do, were swept by the Blue Jackets <laughs> in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> that was the first time yeah. they met. And as much as that game meant a lot to the Blue Jackets, they were starting to play pretty well again at that point. That game, uh, that game meant a whole lot to to Tampa Bay, it may be hard to judge as your first NHL game, but could you see the drive in that on that visiting bench during that game? Yeah, uh, the guys were talking about it in the room, a bit in the room about how it was the first time playing with them again, and it's going to be a pretty intense game, and just be ready to go. And for me, I just I didn't know what to expect at all, right? So I just thought this was just a natural, really high paced game, and you could see like tension started to flow out there, and it was a. It just makes it that much cooler of a first NHL game, having the history of what happened in the past and that being the first game uh, made it something uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. Was there one guy on that Tampa Bay side that made you go, whoa? I mean, there's a lot of guys there, but is there anybody that, that blew you away? Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, probably Kucherov and Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two of, the mm-hmm. best player, two of the best players in the league and watching them uh, up close and personal for the first time like that, it was, uh, it was, they were fun to watch. How do you get out outside of your head? Because everyone's got that voice inside their head. I would ma- I would imagine the voice inside your head is just screaming at you uh, in a situation like that. Liam, you are playing. You are checking Kucherov. You are checking <laughs> point. Like there's not a guy on that ice you've not heard of before. To your earlier point, how do you quiet mm-hmm. the voice inside your head and just say, "No, you're good enough to be here. Just play. Just be you." Yeah, that was the thing. Probably like the first five minutes of the game I was more like in awe of everything I wasn't I was just like wow I'm playing against these guys right now like it's kind of just a shock and then as the game went on I think I just eased into it and realized like I'm just gotta play hockey here and don't worry about it and, and then Torch just trust me like I had a couple shifts against their top line and 
I was doing well against them, so that was a good confidence booster, and that's that's what you need. But uh, yeah, so like probably after the first period, it settled in. I'd say. I've heard some guys say that the second game is like a second date, where you're just not so caught up in it, and you just kind of relax, and that's when you start to have a good time. What was Buffalo like in Buffalo? Were you able to? You paid a lot more. I think you drew almost eighteen or more than eighteen minutes in that game. What was that second game experience like for you? Uh, that was that was a cool one because uh, I had a bunch of family and friends that were able to reach that one because Buffalo's not too far from home. So yeah, that made it that made it a lot of fun, and uh, I feel like I wasn't as rushed and panicked for the game because um, mm-hmm. on that, my first game actually, my equipment didn't get there in the right. like that, that night, the night before. It was a lot. Uh, they didn't get it on the flight on time, and then so I was worried about getting it the next morning. I missed the morning skate. But Buffalo, like I got there for everything. I was settled in the night before at the hotel, and I was there all day with the guys. And so I was feeling more, a lot more comfortable. And still going to the game was nervous, always. And it's your second NHL game. Uh, but throughout that game, that that one was a lot of fun for me. And playing against uh, and going overtime, getting shifts in overtime, and having the minutes that I was able to play that Torch trusted me with was a, a huge confidence booster for me. Liam Porty was asking you about, <clears throat> excuse me, what it's like to, to kind of get out of your head a little bit, but did you have a moment, you know, often guys say it's like a first hit or, or something like that. Did you have a moment that you think of as like a welcome to the NHL moment in either of these games? Uh, I'd probably say down, I was down in the corner one shift and uh, I got crushed by Sergeyev and Hedman like <laughs> kind of like sandwiched me and I just went flying, landed on my elbow and bruised it. I was like, yeah, I'm not used to getting hit like that in junior at all. <laughs> no one, no one's that quite that big and strong. So I'd probably say that was my first moment. I'd say I was like, wow, these guys are a lot bigger and stronger. <laughs> There's the other cliche too, which is you know that that a big part of development is quote unquote learning how to be a pro. Are there things that you've picked up, whether it was when you were with the, the big club or just in this whole process since getting drafted, are there kind of some key lessons that you're learning and bringing into how you're developing yourself as a player to be ready for the NHL? I'd say just before the games, like how serious everyone is. Like, uh, mm-hmm. They know this is like their full-time job and they take it super seriously in the room and everyone's focused and guys are helping each other get ready and it's not like you're there but alone. So like I was there and everyone, they're all helping me out and just a one big family it's saying like in the seriousness everyone has going into the game the preparation it's uh a lot different from junior hockey where um, guys aren't as serious always and a lot, a lot more like everyone's a bit more loose and mm-hmm. there was a lot more everyone's just ready to go and know every game every game and every point's uh, important for the, the organization and for the team trying to trying to go and win something did, did you it's you know at the nhl level people keep talking about the season coming back, what's going to happen, this and that. But but your final season in London ended, and it didn't end the way you guys wanted it to end. I mean, you talked about in that series of games, you guys were fighting for to, to be one of the top teams, contest for the Memorial Cup. What was it like when you guys heard the season was canceled, and, and how have you managed that kind of a process when it's not how you want it to go and things are just left unfinished? Yeah, that was a really sad day for us. Uh Mark Hunter actually called me that morning before any news came out and told me he wanted to tell me in advance that uh, we got, we're getting canceled and told, told me how happy he was um, for everything I did for the, being a part of the organization for four years. And 
um, I was just it was a really sad day finding that out because we had a, we built something good in London. Right. Our team was in the first place, so right. we were win, uh, we were on a win streak there, and we just had all the pieces to try to hopefully go win something. And usually, your fourth year is when you you have a good shot at going to win something, going to win the league. And so we had a we had a really good chance, and all the pieces were there. And finding out it's getting cancelled is unfortunate because it's six games left. Uh, we've built all that up. Uh, we're on the pace to get 50 wins, and that's been something cool to get as well. And everyone just wants to play out their last senior year and try to go win a Memorial Cup. And having that kind of robbed from us and taken away, it's, uh, it sucks for sure. And but now it, it is what it is, and just can't really dwell on it too much. And and what sucks about times like these is that, I mean, you guys can't even go out and have, like, a final team dinner or anything like that. Like, are there are there things that you guys have tried to do or maybe the organization tried to do to mark the – I mean, I know there were tweets and social media and stuff like that, but are there things that you guys have tried to do to mark this being the end of your time in London or the end of this team as you know it to kind of cement the moment? Uh, yeah, there was talks about we are going to have a banquet mm-hmm. um, sometime in the summer when things get – hopefully things clear up this summer and guys are allowed to cross the border again and come back and everyone can go meet up in London for – or like year-end ceremony and do the awards and just be with the guys one last time because uh, I don't know lot, next time I'll see a lot of those guys. So being able to go back and say bye to the staff and say thank you for everything would be uh, something that all the guys would be uh, excited to do. That's awesome. Do you, um, the flip side of this is, and I know you know guys who are in this spot, you've got a brother as well. Is there curiosity about this whole draft thing at the NHL level? Are, are, are players who are not yet drafted nervous are they thinking about it is it more it will be what it will be do you have a feel for how undrafted players feel with this uncertainty uh yeah with my my brother it's he's it's pretty tough for him because he was hoping for to have a combine yeah. well they haven't really said when the draft's going to be yet right right, right. But, um there's not going to be a combine and in my draft year like i did really well in the combine and me and him are the same off ice he's really good in that that helped me get drafted where I did. I think mm-hmm. a big part of that, and um, he could have done the same, which is kind of sucks for him now. But so basically, right now is just Zoom meetings he's having <laughs> every day. Every he's got like two a day or one one a day, but every day of the week he's on Zoom with a different team, and they got their whole staff on there and just asking a bunch of questions. He's just on the basement on the computer, just talking away and kind of like the their mini combine, I guess, their interviews and. Uh, it's a different experience. Like I don't, couldn't really even give him advice or what to do, like on a Zoom <laughs> meeting. But for the questions, I was trying to help him out, and it's uh, it's a different experience for all of us. Liam, you hit the DNA jackpot. Uh, I'm sure you are <laughs> yeah. aware of this. You have uh, both of your parents were high level athletes, uh, and for people listening who may not know, uh, your mother Fran- is it France Garo or France Garo? Class. Bronze Garo, yeah. Uh yeah. was a fantastic sprinter, a silver medal at the Summer Olympics in 1984 in the 4x100 meter relay. Father, Sean, uh, was a CFL player, a defensive back in the CFL. We know your mom can run. You have to be able to run uh, to cover that huge field in the CFL. So obviously you take a lot of your athleticism from them, quite obviously. But I'm wondering how beneficial it is for you as a player who's starting to come now into high-level pro sports to have 
parents who have been exposed to this on some level and can maybe help you guide you through it and and allow you to experience things uh, in the proper way. They've been through this before in their own way as well. How beneficial is that? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, like whenever you have parents like that, they're really athletic and and uh, they've been through it and they both did it at a pretty young age too. So uh, having them, if we have any questions, they're always there to help us out and they're always there to push us and motivate us to uh, do what we like, do what we love to do, which is play hockey and do it the best level we can. So anytime we're down or anything, they're always there for us and that's always nice and they can give us good advice and it's something that most kids Non, most kids don't have right um right and having that as our, our support it, it's huge for my brother and myself did you ever consider track or football as a athletic endeavor uh no my dad never let me play football <laughs> oh. my brother and i oh we always wanted to play football but so it was too dangerous for us and probably not wrong about that and uh, uh track and field was always there my mom wanted us to run track so we ran in high school and growing up and we were my brother and I were pretty good at it but hockey was always a uh, number one choice for both of us uh, so we love to do what did you run in track were you a sprinter as well uh yeah I ran hurdles oh wow oh really my main, nice. my main event yeah yeah and how good were you uh yeah I was pretty good I won Ontario's which is offsa in grade nine and ten I went to uh nationals for uh for team Ontario in nice. grade uh the summer of grade nine and the I won. I won that, and I got a silver medal as well. So that, uh, doing all that stuff, it, I think it helped me in my hockey career because uh, track and field is like an individual sport. So it's just you alone, and the nerves are through the roof. So any nerves I have in the future, it helped me out with that and being prepared for uh, big moments. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and when did you make the the sort of switch to hockey full time? When did you push the the track aside? Uh, right after I got drafted by London. Okay. Basically, just there's no like competitive running anymore. Yeah. So I'll do obviously I do some track workouts in the summer. Every hockey player does that to keep the speed up, and so that was that was one of the things I still do, but no competitive running anymore. Yeah, yeah. And were you able to get a feel? Um, obviously, your speed—you can't watch a, a junior game with you in it without recognizing your speed. Um, were you able to get a feel in your two NHL games if your where your speed is relative to other NHL players? I mean, I think the margin for everything, you talked about this earlier, the margin for everything gets more narrow because the play is so smart. Everybody's positionally sound. Everybody anticipates. What is your speed like relative to, to other NHL players? Um, I felt pretty comfortable out there speed-wise. Uh, didn't think I was behind or that much ahead of anyone but uh, i think as i get older and faster I'll, I'll feel a lot more comfortable out there using my speed more and more but um yeah my speed probably goes right up there for everyone and that was one of the main reasons i got called up because uh, the organization knowing knows that i can skate well and knowing that i could hold my own out there and keep up with guys and did a pretty good job of that i think and you still think you can get faster uh yeah i think everyone wow. can and something that everyone works on in the summer trying to get speed up yeah, wow. Um, you played left wing mostly while you were up here? Yeah, uh, left and right. Okay, not center. Yeah. No, uh, Torsten put me at center. Yeah, but you, I get the sense that that's coming, or at least a, a trial run is, is coming. 
how comfortable are you at that spot and how much do you want to play? I know you'll play anywhere to be in the NHL, but how, how much do you want to be a centerman? How much do you feel like that position is, is suited to your game in particular? Um, to me, I played mostly this year. All, all this year I played mostly right wing. Okay. And I wasn't, I played a bit of center, but for our lines and everything that worked out, uh, uh, I was comfortable playing anywhere, as most people know. So I just played right wing. That's my, that was my most preferred position. If I wasn't going to go at center, so uh, depending on what I, whatever Torts wants in the future, the organization wants, uh, I'll be comfortable playing center as well. And it's just something when you just get called up, it's tough to take draws against a lot of older guys, and sure. you're a lot more involved in the defensive zone. So it's uh, kind of safer to just go at wing for, sure. for the start. So that's uh, that was their mentality. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. So you're in a holding pattern like the rest of the world. Um, you just kind of keep passing the days, staying in shape. Are you, are you able to run, or how do you? What's your aerobic day to day? I I go on like a five k run almost uh, every day. Um, okay. Friday and wow. Um, at the start, we were going to a track, my brother and I, and then the couple by- bylaw officers came by and threatened to give us $800 tickets for being Ooh. there. And, yeah, really? So that, was, that was the last time we went there. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's basically just running around the neighborhood, and uh, that's like the safest thing for us right now. <laughs> Liam, we would be remiss if we didn't let you go without your top Netflix recommendations right now. Uh, Ozark, for sure. That was <laughs> one that uh, I just finished with my parents, and we, that was uh, one of the best shows I've seen in a while. I recommend that to anyone. Nice, nice. Well, I'm slow in the draw with this, Liam, but have you seen Schitt's Creek? Oh, so good. No, I haven't. No. Oh my god, it's hilarious. It's so good. I think my dad I think my dad's seen a bit of that. I've I haven't watched yeah. that. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, Canadiana right there. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> well, Liam, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I know I think I speak for many that we certainly hope we see you in a blue jacket sweater. Again, this season, which it seems like it's been so long since there's been a game, it, it almost feels like an off season. But I, if there's hockey to be played, uh, certainly hope we see you again. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, that's why doing all this work and out and everything, and hopefully I'll be ready to go if uh, things do resume sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks for being with us, Liam. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Liam. Thanks for having me. 